This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Sandra Paul, Mary Moffat, Ashley Sayez, Jeff Rutherford, and all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you, yes you the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. John, I had the pleasure of meeting your daughters recently (laughs) and let me tell you you're a lucky man your daughters love you we were we were sitting next to their tent at the mid-state mile and you know it's kind of funny because that that race is you know it's it's 20 minutes at a time right so you see your runner every 20 minutes and so you know people cheer and you start to figure out who's with who and then i figured out okay this jacked guy this muscle guy it belongs to the people in the tent next to us. So I got to talking uh, to your daughters. I got to talk to your son-in-law. I got to talk to your daughter's boyfriend. Um, we had a very interesting conversation. And your daughter, Kendall, was like, you have to have my dad on your podcast. And I'm like, I am absolutely going to have your dad on the podcast. So, John, welcome to the Adventure Jogger. Well, thank you very much. And um, you are 100% correct. I'm very blessed and beyond what I deserve. They are, uh, I didn't know what she was talking about because she kept running back and forth telling me about this, this these two men and the podcast. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, you know, but man, me and her older sister were kind of concerned in a good way how she was going to behave and what she did. But she did that. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't know how she was going to act when we turned her loose amongst the crowd, and she seemed to she seemed to fit right in. <laughs> no, that is that is so funny because you know sometimes people will you know get chatty at at a, at, a, at an ultra marathon, but yeah, Kendall got real chatty, and then I you know I, she she said like my dad does not have any social media or anything, and I'm like, well, how am I going to interview your dad? She's like, yeah. well, let's just send me a message via Instagram. So your daughter had to be kind of your, your agent and your bookie in this whole thing. Right. <laughs> but yeah, those, 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 uh, that's part of the appeal to that whole deal is the people that are there and getting to mingle. And we had done a race similar to that before, not the exact format, but where you on a mile loop and you get to come back and, you know, you see everybody, uh, but it, it, it had been a while, and I forgot how much I really enjoyed those kind because you, you really get to know the people that are in it instead of being spread out over 100 miles or whatever. And you may you may run with somebody for 20 minutes or 20 miles, and you never see them again. And so Exactly where when you're starting on this, like, like the Mid-State Mile, life is 20 minutes at a time. And so you're right. You, you, you start at the same time. You get in grooves with the same runners. And where before maybe – 
you'd hit a low spot or something and you'd get separated by miles you're you're coming in you're going getting your food or whatever and then you line up again and then you go again so you're kind of in this world of constantly seeing the same people except when they drop like all of a sudden the, the pack gets smaller and smaller one of the things i said i was talking to uh kendall's boyfriend and i was making kind of a joke because you are you're a big guy and I don't mean big by fat. You got you, you guns. You got a, you're a big muscular man. And I'm like, how does it feel to know that your girlfriend's dad could kick your ass at any time? Well, <laughs> we, that's we, right. They they understand that. So. <laughs> well, he told me he said, you know, if curfew's eleven, I have her home by ten thirty because I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to risk it at all. But and then I then I got to talk to your son-in-law. And he had had mentioned something about how you weren't always this way. You were not always fit and running ultra marathons. That you actually had to overcome a lot to get to where you are right now. And that was like once I heard that, I was like, oh my god, I, I got to talk to John and hear this story. Let's go back to the start. Like everybody has a moment. A changing moment a moment where they find that maybe they're not where they want to be maybe they're making uh, some choices that they don't want to make and they see that and they stop and they change kind of what path were you on John before you became the dad that could kick everyone's ass <laughs> we'll start there well it's not that long of a journey and really it's kind of interesting the more I participate in these kind of events and you do get to talk to people, we do share a lot of people anyway. You can't, I can't speak for everyone, but a lot of people share the same sort of a addictive personality or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyhow, but I've always participated in sports. Uh, you know, growing up as a kid, I was very fortunate. I had really, really athletic female cousins and brothers. And so we was always so you know football baseball basketball around here uh and uh anyway i got involved in uh, you know drinking and drugs and you know life just before you know it you know you you kind of you take so many wrong turns and there you are there's nowhere else to go and uh and so I decided, well, I kind of like it with nowhere else to go for a long time. So really this yeah. all started for me about, let's see, I got, I sobered up in 2010. Yeah. And so December 15th, 2010, actually not far from where we were, actually in Knoxville, Tennessee. So Tennessee's kind of special to me. Yeah. Uh, and so I knew, I don't know, it's like when you're in the middle of all that, the, the like one of the most tor- worst parts is that you know what you're capable of and you just feel like your your whole life is just wasting away yeah anyhow i i just i i'm like so many people i'm i'm not different really i was talking to some people out there on the on the on the course and uh you know there's so many ways to say it but you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired and you know you know you have to make a change and a total lifestyle change and i've been fortunate enough that that's been going on now for almost 13 years and so that's basically when all this started for me uh and uh i i've always liked being fit uh but i just didn't have time when i was doing everything else you know and uh kind of fell apart and 
body just went to nothing. And so I basically was fortunate enough to where I just kind of got to just erase everything and start over. And I've never been a runner. My actually one of my, and I don't call myself a runner now. I like to call these things test instead of races. Mm-hmm. But uh, my old football coach called me. He goes, well, I think it was one of his kids. They were like, man, they showed me on Facebook or something where you've been doing all this running. He goes, I never, ever, ever thought you'd have been a, a runner or whatever. But, you know, it was just something I kind of stumbled upon. And uh, I just fell in love with it. You know, it's uh, I wish you could do it more, but I am older and your body just doesn't allow it. I watch some of these young cats get around and I'm like, man, you know, you hate to wish or whatever. I, I, I really wouldn't change anything, but if I hadn't been doing what I was doing back in your, in your prime, so to speak, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to wonder what it would have been like, you know, or how well, or you could have done or whatever. Well, I think we all have those wonders. I mean, whether we, we waste our twenties and thirties with, you know, drugs and alcohol or food or just neglect of our body. Cause you know, we're men, John, you know, when we're in our twenties, we assume our twenties and thirties, it's like, listen, I don't, I don't have to watch what I eat. Because I was an athlete in high school, and I can shovel away food like it's nobody's business, and I will not gain a pound. And then you find yourself in your mid-30s, and you're like, oh, what? when did this show up? You know, and you have that. That was kind of that movement for me was, you know, seeing myself in my mid-30s, early 30s, and going like, wait a well, wait a minute, when did this happen? And kind of having to move in that direction of, of getting fit. You said something earlier, John, and, and I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. Not everybody can be in a world of, 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 poor, of, of making you know, destructive life choices of drugs and alcohol and recognize that's a problem and step out of it. Like a lot of people lose their lives to that. They, they cannot conquer addiction. And I think what you'll find at ultra marathons, which will kind of skewer your, your, your perception of reality, is a lot of people who have conquered those find that sport. Like you'll find a lot of people in ultra marathons who have conquered something, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's depression, whether it's, I mean, I, I talked to a woman who, whose, whose uh, husband murdered her, th- her two kids and she found ultra running to get through the grief of that immense loss. But for you to take those steps, that'd be 13 years ago now to recognize like, whoa, wait a minute. I have got to make a change. That is, that's a sign of, of mental strength. That is a sign of self-awareness. I mean, that's, that's not an easy decision to make when you're in the middle of addiction, John. So don't cut yourself, you know, short there. Well, and, and, and you are right. And one of the, one of the things in, in the, that makes me most uncomfortable in the whole world talking about is myself. Kendall told me that, you know, and I don't like, you know, patting myself on the back or, (laughs) or talking about what I've done because really, uh, it, it does. It's just, I feel like that my, my path or whatever to what you're getting at, you know, probably what is difficult to some people's. Mm hmm. As, as, as a matter of fact, I know it's not, but you know, but mine may be more difficult than somebody else's. But uh, but you're right. Sometimes I, I, I you know, I, I was thinking about this before we did this, and I was like, man, I don't know what he's going to ask me. I don't know what we're going to talk about. But I just, I just, I don't like, you know, talk t- 
talking about me a whole lot, but uh, but you're right. I, that is something that uh, and it's like I was telling somebody up there, and I'm kind of all over the place. But you know, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna we got to talking going up that 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 first climb, and I'm like, you know, it's just you just do one lap at a time, and that's how you do it. You know, you just you just one one day at a time, and sooner or later you string some days together and some months and years and there you go but uh it has been an interesting path and the fact that my daughters are we are where we are now as a family is is i mean i don't know where you are spiritually or none of that i'm not asking you but it's just absolutely just a miracle people say miracles don't happen anymore but they do because he turned beer into food at my house and uh and it was a uh, and the fact that we're all there together i always tell them if you find yourself in an ultra marathon or anything like that, life's pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, you know there ain't much complaining to be done here. So well, we're so, we're so grateful. Oh, and let me tell you that you to go from from where you were 13 years ago to, I mean, your daughters basically sat in a tent and sweat their rear ends off. Your son-in-law had no reason to be there. I mean, he could have just been like, ah, I'm, you know, I, I got things to do. He's just a good son-in-law. That's all I can Exactly. <laughs> and then your daughter's boyfriend, I could tell he was like, I don't know what I'm in for, but I, I, I got to kind of show up. So, and you know, they could tell he was getting kind of bored and had, they had to go to the store and grab some things. But, but I'm sure that to see where you were and to see where you are now, and to see your daughters just beam when they talk about you, just have this incredible, and that's what struck me when I saw this incredible, just, just vision, this, this pride that your daughters had in their dad. You know, every time you would come in, they would just light up and they'd be like, oh, dad's here. I gotta go, I gotta go take care of dad. As, the, as a father myself, I was like that. I mean, come on. As a dad, what more could you possibly want? And especially because this race was on Father's Day weekend. I mean, right. what what more of a Father's Day could you want, really? And to be honest with you, I've forgotten that. <laughs> I forgot. I was so concerned about you know getting up there, and to me, that's that's the worst part. Just getting up there and getting ready and getting started. And, so I had forgotten that it was even Father's Day towards the end. And, uh, so yes, no, I, we, I could just go on and on about them. But my oldest daughter, Kayla, she, I think she just, she's always, she, she's been to all these things with me and uh, she helps me out tremendously, obviously, because you gotta have help to do these things. I mean, I, I, you know, it just takes a lot of people sometimes, but I think she's more or less She's so worried that something's going to happen, you know, just whatever. So she, and she wants to be there. So, and that's fine. It's great. And I told her, I said, well, something happens, it's just going to happen. But, but they do, they love me and I am so lucky. I can just go on and on, but, uh, yeah, you're definitely, no, 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 don't get me wrong now. We're not, <laughs> we have, uh, we, uh, we have our moments. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. So, but, uh, you know, we're able to, to get through them. So, I know it's it's it is it was so cool to see and but it was funny because at one point because you were doing really well and you were very consistent right and I remember looking at your daughters and going like you, you gals better get comfortable because dad's gonna be here for a while because we started yelling 
dad at you every time you go, dad uh, hey yeah, dad uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like you better get comfortable because mm-hmm. dad's not going anywhere anywhere for watch like do i need to get a hotel or something i'm like yeah dad's not i mean this dad's not finishing anytime yeah. soon you better just buckle up and get ready to be taking care of dad for the next uh, how many hours how many how many hours did you end up out there at mid-state we ended up oh, i say we we ended up doing i made the I didn't finish the 56th loop. I went out and I just didn't get back in time. And I told him when I left, I didn't realize, well, let me back up. That yeah. was a, a race that we had planned because I got into another event in October and I said, I want to plan something in the middle just to give the training kind of a break yeah. or something to look forward to. And I've always wanted to do this type of format and we were lucky to get in because it fills up you know, really quick. Yeah. And uh, so we didn't know what to expect or what we were doing. or And I just had no idea that the downhills were going to be so hard on my legs. And so I just started wobbling coming downhill and, you know, for a few laps there. And I was just like, man, I don't, you know, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to hurt somebody. Right. You know, of course your mind starts, you know, trying to find a way out. And so I had probably conceded about five laps before I actually quit. I said, well, I'm just going to keep going and see what happens. And then I just finally, the last time down, I was just like, I just, I mean, I wasn't like, I just knew that I couldn't, you know, keep going because I just, I, I could, I was just wobbly. And uh, so 56, uh, f- the 56 lap or loop, mm-hmm. and I think it was 19 hours, 18 hours, yeah. 19 hours. Yeah. And, and I told them leaving, you know, I've, I've, I've done races before where I was up a lot longer and it wasn't, you know, that type of, I just my, my legs were just shredded i just i just i couldn't do the downhills anymore well that's the thing about the race it sounds easy one lap you know one mile 1.1 miles in 20 minutes like oh i can do that all day long you know realize it's 340 feet of gain in, in right. one mile it's ridiculous yeah. yeah and i told them some of the people out there i was like man i'd go up this hill twice if i didn't have to go down at one time that's, <laughs> I, I ask uh is it john is it big john yeah that, yeah the, i said man that downhill section has got to be steeper than the uphill. He goes, it's really close. It's really close. <laughs> because it is steep, you know, both of them. But uh, I absolutely, and I told them this too, I, that was probably the best time I've had, you know, at, at something like that. And I'm definitely going to try to go back next year and work on, you know, some other stuff. Because I watched those guys on the YouTube feed finish, and it was just amazing that they oh, yeah. kept going on and on. And I think that one gentleman – I think maybe he finished second last year or something. Yeah, Eric Keenly. Yep, yep, yeah. And so it was just amazing. I'm not saying that that's whatever happened to me, but I think I could do. I know I can do better. You yeah. Know, at least a second time, even going around, you know, expect. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm sure there was nobody happier when you said I'm done than Kendall's boyfriend. I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, they started. They started loading up, and they were like, "Okay, good, let's go." <laughs> and that's when they reminded me it was Father's Day, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's Father's Day, so y'all can take care of all this." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sit down in this chair. Hey, right. hey, uh, hey, daughter's boyfriend. I'm mm-hmm. not sure I like you yet, so why don't you go ahead yeah. and load up this van? Loading up. It's funny how you load up more stuff than you unloaded when you got there. I don't know how that happens. I know. It's so true. Backing up just a bit, what was it? You know, you get clean and sober 13 years ago. And did you start, like, was the fitness journey kind of a weights thing early on? Or did you get into, like, bodybuilding and going to the gym? What was your kind of your start to the fitness journey? No, I, I, it, it, the facility I was at, 
uh, physical fitness was really, uh, uh, you know, was really not pushed on people, but it was really emphasized. Okay. The mind, body, and the spirit, you know, you've got to, you know, mindfully, you know, none of it really works if it's all three not working. Right. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I got into uh, just, I don't know, I, I just started running on the treadmill. And I thought, man, I like how this feels. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't lift, you know, lift me, you know, much weight or whatever like that. But uh, so I just started running when I got back home and I tell everybody, I was like, you know, how do you get started? I mean, how, I'm like, because people just don't, I don't know. They don't, well, most people can't just wrap their minds around why you run a 5K, much less right. know, anything else. And I was like, just start walking. Just start moving and your body just responds to it, you know, and your mind just clears up and that, it just, it takes time, you know, yeah. obviously. But uh, I just started running and I was like, man, I've, I've always heard how people talk about how running gives you a high or, you know, makes you feel a certain way. And I was like, man, I kind of get it, you know. And so I did. I've been fooled around and I started getting this little 5Ks here and there. And, you know, I was like, man, this is nice. And you just feel so much better afterwards, maybe not so much during. But, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to tell you where it really, really, really kind of took off for me was uh, I know it's – have you ever heard of Orange Theory Fitness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I started – I started going there. Yeah. Because I needed somewhere to go where I could just have somebody tell me what to do. I had no idea what it was. Uh, you know, and so I walked in there and I a particular coach and, uh, you know, the, the workouts are my, you know, all you got to do is show up. Mm-hmm. So the funny thing is, all this really started from rowing. I love rowing. I have a rowing machine right behind me. You can't see it. Though. Yeah. And, uh, and because, Rowing was the first thing that I'd ever done that really pushed me anaerobically to a place where I didn't think that I could keep going. Really? And then I learned, well, you're not going to (laughs) die and you can keep going and you got better and better and better. And that's I really, and that's kind of taken a back seat here lately to, you know, running and, you know, training for stuff. But, but really, for me, rowing is where it all started. Love it. I still to this day love it. I tell people, I said, if you want to know what it's like to run 100 miles in 24 hours or whatever, how long it takes you, get on a rowing machine, do a 2,000-meter test, and you'll find out in eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> or, what, or, or whatever your time may be. And so I kind of got – so. I got in there and, you know, when you get in that type of atmosphere, you know, around those sorts of, you know, kind of people who are sort of like-minded, you start bumping into people and yeah. hear a conversation here and there. and like, man, you ought to try this, you ought to do that. And it kind of, kind of really all took off from there. And then COVID hit, which I know was only two years ago, but the ultra thing has only been going on since 220. I mean, since I've only been doing this for about two years. Okay. Uh, October of 2020. Yeah. And, uh, and so they shut down everything around here. So that particular coach, he's like, well, we're going to go to a state park and we're going to work outside every day. We're, I mean, he, he would load his gym up. He would bring his weights, his benches, his squat racks. And uh, we would basically mimic an Orange Theory workout in the woods. And instead oh, of wow. running on treadmills, we run on trails. And so that's when I got into trail running. 
was during that you know time period and i was like man i really just love being outside you know being able to do this it's a whole different type of you know it's not just beating around on the asphalt and sidewalks and uh and so this race came up in october of uh 2020 in birmingham it was a last man's not last man standing it was a the endless miles yeah 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 it's a similar to what we did except you just went 24 hours and see how far you can go right and i and i told i didn't tell anybody but i was like i'm gonna do 100 miles and so i went from running my longest distance was a 20 a marathon to 100 miles and oh brother, wow. i paid for that <laughs> i mean i paid dearly for that i mean my body was not was not prepared for that type of jump but uh but i did it and i man did i pay for it my body was wrecked for several days after that just because i just it was on an asphalt it was in a park and it was basically flat but still, you know, it was just going from that type of mileage, one extreme to, I mean, that's how I do it, you know, it's one or none. It's, 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 it's one or a thousand. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so. Exactly. So, so marathons, it sounds like, because you said when you talked about running and how you found the treadmill at the treatment facility and you're like, oh, this running thing, this is, this is great. And so you go kind of, you do the standard progression, the 5K, 10K, half marathon, full marathon. Yeah. And how long were you running roads for after after all of that? Shoot. I don't know. You know, on and off the whole time. I've never had like a, a coach or a plan or yeah. anything like yeah. that. You know, I just, I just figured, you know, I would just – just a little bit more and a little bit more and you know finally a one mile turned into two and two miles you know and so forth and so on and, and then i was like you know i'd like to get in some of these races I see all these fancy t-shirts and stickers people have on their cars and all, which i don't do that but uh, <laughs> so we did the i say this i keep saying we because there's always somebody there with me but i don't know probably four or five years of just not hard training you know just kind of recreational yeah not just to get outside and you know like today I'm, I'm gonna go out later on when we get done here yeah but you know during that time period i was like no i ain't going out there it's too hot or it's too cold or whatever but uh, but, but that was the that was the probably about five years but because I, I haven't been running if you want to call it that very long okay and and only been doing this ultra stuff for about well two years now Okay, but you did Pinhoti. Oh, your 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 daughter told me that you actually ran the Pinhoti 100. Yeah, I did Pinhoti. Well, the first trail 100 mile race was is a one around here called the Lake Martin 100. Oh yeah, yep. Me and a buddy of mine did that one, and uh, then we did Pinhoti. Uh, it was a seven trails. Also, uh, it was one in Savannah we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the hardest one I've ever done was the Blood Rock 100 in Birmingham at Oak Mountain. Now that was that was that was tough. It was about thirty four thousand feet of elevation, and you know total. Oh yeah. And that took about that took forty hours because it was a lot of climbing. It was a lot of I think they call it. Uh, there's a lot of hiking is what I call it. They call it something. Power it's, hiking. Um, it's it's called power high rocks. I mean, it was rocky and it was a bunch of climbing. So I mean, but it was a. So we've done several hundreds, but never uh, like the format of the Mid-State Mile. Okay. But you, I really, really, and I really like that. I can't wait to go back. Are you going to do the uh, the December one, 
the the just no. The, she told me I, I, the, I think it's called the Tennessee Mile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've got that other race in October, and uh, it's out in Utah. And so, if I survive that and get back home in one piece, I'm not going to do anything for a while. Oh, you're I'm doing take, you're doing Moab, right? Moab, yeah. The Moab 200. 240. 240. I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't want to discount yeah. those 40 miles. No, 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 you're gonna no, wish no. it was two. You're gonna wish it was 200 once you get to 200 and you've well, got 40 miles that's left. Like my daughter told me she goes, "It's just like you, you know." You, she kind of got irritated with me because I told her I'd signed. I tried several years to get in it. Yeah. Uh, there again, we go back to this, you know, mentality of, well, let's just go from 100 to 240. Why <laughs> well, why not? not? <laughs> you know, I mean, you're already trashed. So just, <laughs> go ahead and do it but so i'm getting ready for that i've never uh i'm up to close to 100 miles a week right now uh you know getting ready for it i hope that peaks soon because sometimes the training just gets and that's why i wanted to do this race in the middle of it because it just gets so monotonous yeah so you know to me i just you know but it was good to get it broken up like that but i recovered well from the mid-state mile and i took a day or two off and you know kind of picked back up where i left off so i was pleased about that well you'll be remembering that hill you'll be wishing you were back on that hill about 175 uh, miles <laughs> yes i know it's i've talked to several people around here that have you know done it uh not you know finished it but it's i've talked to some people there too and this they're the good thing is they're 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 put on real well this set up for you to to, to be able to finish right um, the aid stations were very helpful and uh, they got sleep stations and th- you got four days and 20 hours to finish it's based on 2.7 miles per hour so yeah so right be- now we're right now I, me and my buddy he's kind of setting me up a plan we're we're working on about 3.5 miles an hour is what we're trying to base training on so there's a lot of it's, it's a lot of mileage for me, but it's a lot of run walking kind of deal, you know, the interval kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So, I got you. Because that's, that's mostly what you do anyway. So. It is. It is. We like to think we run the whole darn thing. Yeah, I tell way. people, I said, it ain't like running what you see people do. Right, <laughs> right. We only run when the cameras are around. There's one exactly. <laughs> yeah, when people are still lined up somewhere. Are you taking the girls with you out to, no, to Moab? I don't, I, I'm, I would love to, but... uh it may just end up being me and Kayla. I'm not sure. So, uh, the oldest one, she's got school. Now she claimed, Kendall claims she's coming. I don't know what she would do if I turned her loose out there in the desert. <laughs> I may not ever. We may not ever recover Kendall. But uh, I'll tell you who's not coming. Kendall's boyfriend. <laughs> no. And, you know, and I told him too because I read this somewhere, and I agreed. I forgot who wrote the article. It was one of those. Sometimes, especially in a situation like that where we're so far from home, yeah, I'd almost be more worried, worrying about them, where they were, what's going on, are they okay? And I hate to say this, but I, I don't mean it in any other way, but I'd love for them that it, it, I would almost feel better if they were at home. That we were not worried about them. I'm not worried about them because I'm not, you know, but I ain't going to be able to keep Kayla probably from coming, which would be fine, but... 
Isn't that great, though, to be in a situation where she's going to come out regardless because she loves dad? Maybe she comes, dad. her sister's coming, so it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll probably all be there. I hope so. By, I hope so. by the way, I, I, I have two daughters as well. I have a two daughters and a son. My son was the one who ran Mid-State Mile, and that's why we were there in the tent. Which one was your son? He I'm was sorry, he was the young man in the bucket hat, the uh, the 19-year-old college cross-country runner. Where was he sitting up there on the starting corral? Do you remember um, where his chair was? He said, he well, he, he would come back by us. He wasn't, he didn't have a chair up there. Um, but he said that he was, he would be, <laughs> He'd run past you on the flats, but then you'd smoke him on the hills. You always passed him on the hills. (laughs) Okay. So so you had son there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I was going to say that, you know, it is being, being the, you know, being a a father to two daughters. I've found that once I like the boyfriends, they leave. Like like the relationship is over once I like them. Have you, have you, have you found that John? Well, I tried to tell mine that they don't even need to worry about boys until they're 30. <laughs> I told, I, I tried to raise them on the idea that a man's brain doesn't even switch on until he's 30 years old. But uh, like that's the truth. Things, that is the <laughs> God honest truth, John. If truer words have ever been spoken yeah. on a podcast, uh, I've not I'm heard them. You, I said, I'm telling you all from experience. I'm not, you know, I didn't read that somewhere, but, uh, <laughs> but they are. Uh, We've been fortunate as far as that goes. There hasn't been many of them, thank goodness. But uh, right. So, but they they seem to be good, good fellas. So yeah, we'll see. As long as they do right. <laughs> right, exactly. Do what they're told. <laughs> Dad won't snap them in half. Right. right. <laughs> when yeah. did you notice? Because you know, you alluded to it a little bit when you talked about you know, the, the addiction and, and breaking free and making that change. And all of a sudden now they go from your girls grow up to dad is an alcoholic. Dad's got a drug problem to all of a sudden now dad is really in shape. Dad is changing. Dad is, is not this person who disappears for a while because he's getting a fix or whatever. You've become a completely different person. When did your girls notice that dad had made a significant change that's funny i don't know if funny is a word but as time i had been sober for a little while i'm i'm not married to their mother and uh we've been divorced for years mm-hmm. and uh so with all the other that was going on and the sobriety and everything else lo and behold i got custody of them yeah which so they came to live with me and so you know that was a, an experience all within itself for somebody who had basically you know not been around much uh to all of a sudden now the lord is like okay now you want to know why one of the reasons why you got sober well here's here the you know here it is so wow so so you so, went from you know making the decision to become sober changing your life around barely seeing your girls when they were in their you know 10 uh, yeah i mean probably from the time they were you know kayla was in high school and kendall was seven or eight so you know those so years yeah they're tweens and teenagers at that point and all of a sudden you turn your life around and fate god whatever 
puts these now these girls are in your life you've barely seen them for all these years and now you are the sole caretaker of these two young ladies it was it was a roller coaster ride i tell you what and uh so but as far as them watching me you know do things and i've always been told or i've heard and i think it's the truth you know you kids don't really do what they're taught they do what's caught yeah and they're gonna see they're gonna see what you do they're not gonna listen to what you say they're gonna see what you do and so a byproduct of this really has been you know that you know trying to live healthy trying to you know stay physically fit you know trying because i don't really have a good family history of longevity that's another thing yeah we could talk a whole nother you know episode yeah the whole podcast uh, about that so so because i didn't i meant to tell you earlier i had no intentions of living this long you know i didn't think i was going to be here this long back in the day when i was in the middle of everything i was like i'm not gonna live to be 40 so whatever but you know because i thought 40 was old you know you're the old person when you're 40 (laughs) but uh so it's it's life has just been a it's just been a you know it's been great ever since now you know like i said we've had our we've had our issues and We've had our trials and problems and everything else, but uh, you know, I just I just try to be a good example for them. Yeah. Uh, even with the, you know, you can't get sober for your kids. You can't get sober for your wife or your mom or whatever. You know, that's that's kind of a, a deal where, you know, I just wanted them to because I didn't get sober for them. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, it, when when the point that it came where I had to make a, a choice, I didn't care if I lost everything I had. I mean, because I just knew that it was I was going to die, or well, you know, it, it was all going to be gone one way or the other. Yeah. And so basically, I just, in order for me to to get cleaned up, so to speak, mentally, physically, and spiritually, I just basically had to just shut everything and everybody out of my life, including them, for you know just long enough to get it, you know, get it done, and then it all it all came back it all and it came back in a you know 10 times better than i ever thought it would be so god i I bet you couldn't even dreamed never yeah you're in that treatment facility and you're seeing that treadmill going now give us a whirl and see how this turns out you know i'm just thinking you know there's no way that you know this is going to happen this is going to happen but but i was so relieved and i felt so just I don't know. There's something comforting about knowing that you don't have anything. Yeah. That you're just basically at a point of nothing. And is there, for some strange reason, there's some type of solitude and just peacefulness about that where you know that, hey, this is this is what we got to do and start working. And that's what happens, you know. So, to have nothing and to build, uh, to build it back again. Yeah. I mean, you know, I wasn't. I hadn't lost my job yet, thank goodness, but I still had a job and I was basically homeless. But uh, you know, long story short, it all it all started trickling back down. You know, and that's incredible. It's just been a byproduct of it. But you know, it, but it, it kind of like I was talking to somebody today about training for stuff like this, mm-hmm. and, and even even in the middle of someone that's in an addiction, there's a, a level of selfishness that's required mm-hmm. in order sometimes to take care of yourself. And, you know, you just hope the people that love you understand because really to get ready, because right now I'm alone. I mean, my kids are grown. You met them. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't have that responsibility, so to speak of the day in day outs of, you know, raising a family and all that, because I mean, 
I basically sleep, work, and and train right now. And that's, you know, you can't. I mean, that's a selfish way to live, really. I mean, if you think of it, right. especially if you have a family or whatever. I mean, you may have people that understand, but you know, I'm just fortunate to you know to be in that position right now where I can do it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what really motivates me. Is I have the time. It's been for you know, I don't feel like I'm pushing my kids away from anything that you know we should be doing together and so it's it's kind of working out but but there is a level of selfishness that is required i think to uh, to be able to to make those steps oh i agree i think and then i think there's a level of selfishness that's very very prevalent in ultra running as well i mean think about it it is a sport where we are asking our loved ones to put everything on hold mm-hmm. to follow us around the woods or whatever right. for a day and bring us soup or in your case spicy tuna i know yeah, there was a spicy like, tuna like run tuna. <laughs> <laughs> like, like your dad's gonna throw that up all over the hill. No. <laughs> but you didn't um but i know this is a running podcast but i'm so fascinated because as i kind of look at being a dad is like my favorite thing in the world to do right i love you know being a father to my son um you know, we get to do cool things. We get to run together and just do type of guy stuff. But being a being a girl dad, having two daughters is so different. And it's so, it's rewarding and it's challenging in different ways, right? Like, right. like you are the man that they are going to stack every male relationship they have up against, right? Like, they're going to hold them to dad's standard. What, how did dad treat me? How did dad, you know, how, how did he behave in the world? And so there is this pressure, but it's also incredibly rewarding when you have this relationship with your girls. Like my girls and I were very tight. I don't have a single hoodie in my house that is mine. They're, they're, I get a hoodie and they're, they're gone, you know, because my daughters will, will take them, you know? And I remember... Um, my my old my daughter Ava said this to me once, and it's probably the most beautiful thing I've ever had it had someone say to me in my family is she goes you know I don't I don't worry about much because I know if I ever have a problem I can just call my dad and he'll take care of it, and I was like, oh my god, like no, the, the, that's, that's what we want, right? Exactly. And my youngest, you know, but they were just talking about something, and my wife says, God, I don't know what I would do without your dad around the house, and my my daughter goes. You don't think you know what you'd be able to do. I have no idea what I'd do without dad around. And just hearing those two things is like, it's so powerful. And it's such, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's incredible to have that feeling of, oh my God, these two young ladies are holding me to this standard that I don't know if I'm, if I'm actually <laughs> to that standard that they hold me to, but I have a great relationship with them. I get to be, what they consider to be a great dad. There was some moment, I'm sure, in your life, John, where, you know, you get sober, you get custody of your girls. There had to have been a moment when you're like, oh, my God, I'm now the dad that these girls deserve. Uh, 100%. You know, uh, one of the, um, like you said, you said it earlier, one of the things that I just wanted most was to be to somebody that they could depend on. Mm-hmm. You know, and before they couldn't depend on me. Now I had, a, I did have a, I'm not, I did have a job that, that took me out of town a lot. Uh, I was, you know, able to hold down a job. I was able to provide. You know, they were never without anything. Right. But, uh, and so, 
but at the same time i knew i was i was not a part of their life you know i was just a figure head so to speak and and there was one time when i thought i'd lost them you know not literally but i just thought that you know they're not ever going to want anything to do with me it's too late you know i'll take care of them financially and that'll make me a good dad in the eyes of society and i won't go to you know blah 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 but you know there's so much more to to all this than just you know providing Mm -hmm. you know financially or whatever so and the fact that we can go and do these things now together is just just amazing. It's just, and I love it. Now, you know, there's sometimes when we all get together, and I'm just like, oh man, I don't know if y'all are mine or not. I, you know, I, don't, I don't, you don't understand you, but I, believe me. I mean, as much as I love them, and as much as we've brought, that there are times, you know, like everywhere else, it's just. You know, it, it it can be very trying. Being a parent, being a father, no matter how old they are, I, I tell people all the time. I said, "Dang, I, sometimes I wish they were babies again." Because I think they're, I think they're more trouble sometimes they are when they get older. But I know, God, it's so funny because when they're babies, you're like, "I can't wait till they get older," and then they get older, I like, "I wish they were babies again." But they are. It's a. It's a. It's a great. You know. It's been great. It's been wonderful. And you know. And it does pertain to running. It does. It does pertain. It. It all. It all ties in there together at some point. And uh, you know, it's just because they see you doing things, no matter what. I mean, maybe running. It may be something else. But but for me, that's what it is. And uh, and so they know if I'm doing that, then I'm pretty much in a good place and everything's working. But you know. It's just uh, it's just part of our life now. Well, yeah, and I think that you're doing that because that makes you a whole healthy person. Mm-hmm. You, know, you talked earlier about the recovery is not just the mind; it's the mind, the body, and the spirit. You have to have all uh, three have to right. be working together. If 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 the body starts to slip, well, the mind and the spirit part of it can't hold the mm-hmm. the triangle up. So it's all those things. So they know when you're doing those things you're you're healthy and you're in a good place but they also know too and i think this is this is something that ultra running parents can provide to their kids that i know there's other groups that can i think i think military parents and there's a lot of different types of parents but not every parent can show case to their children what you can do if you work hard like doing a hundred mile ultra marathon is hard when your kids see you do that i think it opens up a mind of possibilities for them i think they're able to look at life a little differently and go like wait a minute we're told an awful lot that there's certain like we have a lot of limitations like you know most people would think you could never run a hundred miles or you could never run 58 miles with how much feet of elevation gain in in a certain amount of time people go like you can't do that our kids don't think that way because they saw mom or they saw dad run a hundred miles they're wearing belt buckles that are these strange belt buckles with one zero zero on them and it's just it's it almost it, it desensitizes them to the fantastic, to the incredible. Mm-hmm. And so the gift that you're giving your girls by letting them be a part of that, but also showing like dad works hard and these are the amazing things that you can do if you work hard. If dad can pull himself out of what he was in and then run 100 miles, God, what can't you do? 
and that's true. I mean, I, people, you know, you probably get it, and they're like, "Why in the world would you ever do something like that?" You know, why right. would you? You know, they don't, they don't get it, and I don't want, and I don't expect them to get it. Right. Uh, and, and and I'm not there to try to make them understand it. It's right. just that it, it's something that uh, it's like you back up to what you were saying about what they see you do, mm-hmm. like for some, like my kids, like. It wasn't always horrible. I'm like, you know, we, we went to work and, and, and they saw that. Mm-hmm. They saw us get up. They saw, and, and you know what? I've never had any issues with my children having jobs or holding a job or going to work. Right. I never had to have this speak because they saw us doing that. Right. They saw mom and dad at the time getting up and going to work. Uh, and so just like with this, I mean, they see the thing, you know, maybe maybe you can do things that you don't think you can do or you know you hear people say all the time if you if you figure out the why the how will take care of itself you know and uh and it's just a an opportunity to i heard i'm gonna quote chad right on this because he said it you know it just gives you he appreciated the opportunity when running to get to a place where you don't think you can take one more step and then do it and then take another one and another one and another one because he's because whether it's running or whatever it is you don't ever know when life's going to jump up and slap you right in the face and and if and if you're used to quitting and if you're used to not suffering when you have to suffer sometimes and if you don't have that and look i am not putting myself in the same boat with somebody that was this you know, I'm not some kind of extraordinary special forces kind of crazy person like that. But if you don't practice, like he says, that muscle memory of, of doing that, then when things really like real serious things happen, then chances are you're going to quit. Chances are you, you, you're just going to walk away and say, I just I can't do it. And so people ask me, and this is what I tell them. I was like, once or twice a year, I like to put myself through the purge and just do something that mentally and physically and even spiritually just about wipes me out so I can just leave that place. I don't care about finishing or how fast. I mean, I do care about finishing. Yeah. Cause it still hurts my feelings that I quit at the mid state mile. I still <laughs> have to remind myself that it was your first time and you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's still, it still worries me, but listen, you were giving Kendall's boyfriend an excuse. Like he needed <laughs> that excuse to go home and you gave that to him. You were thinking yeah. about your daughter's boyfriend. That's right. So I was pleasing everybody else. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it is, it's, it's, it's just something that I can just like, okay, start over again almost. And it's, and that's the, and to me, it's just almost a way to just, like I say, just wipe the whiteboard clean and start all over again and you know i'll be it i don't know sometimes you'll be in the middle of those things and you're like i'm never ever ever i'm throwing every pair of running shoes i've got away i'm i ain't never and by the time you get in the car headed home you're like looking on ultra sign up already trying to find you know the next one because you know how it makes you feel when you finish something like that and if there's anything i want my kids to take away from all this is you know no matter how bad or or, or how 
awful you think things are, I mean, if you just hold on just a little bit longer, I mean, it's, it's just going to get better. And, and when you finish it, and when you come out of it, man, you'll be so you'll be so it'll feel so good. And then when, and when something else comes along, you can say, hey, I know how this feels. I I, I know what we got to do. You won't panic, and you can just put your nose down and, and, and get it done. And that's just you know that's that if there's anything I want them to take away from it, it's that you know. Mm. Is is Moab two forty? Is that the purge for you this year? It's going to be, and it may be, it, it you know. <laughs> It it may be where I switch switch gears back to indoor rowing again. Who knows? But, uh, but I just felt I was in my kitchen because you have to sign up for the lottery. It's a lottery. Yeah. And, uh, I was drinking coffee one morning and my phone went off on the notification on my Amex card. And I was like, man, I've been hacked. Somebody just charged X amount of dollars on my. <laughs> I just like, got a fourteen hundred dollar bill. It's like, oh my god! I just, you know, I just got in. Now what do I do? You know, because you know, once you sign up, you can't get out, right? No, I mean, no. you're in it then. But uh, it's gonna be fun one way or the other, and uh, we're gonna do our best, and we'll just go from there. So you mentioned something. I can't wait, oh, go ahead. I can't. I can't. I am so excited about that. I think you're going to have fun. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting experience. Um, it'll be even more interesting if, if the girls come with you because you can unleash Kendall on the desert and then she'll make a bunch of new friends and you'll be on every podcast on known demand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she told you or not, but I'm so proud of all of them. My son's a lawyer. My Kayla's a nurse. And, and Kendall, she joined the Air National Guard mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. And uh, and she, uh, she was out of high school for about, I don't know, a week maybe. And she got on the plane and went to basic training and did all that. So I'm so proud of all of them. And you know, I tell her all the time. So that takes a lot of that takes a lot of nerve, you know, for somebody that young to do that. For I'm proud of all of them, obviously. But uh, it's, it's kind of like what we're talking about. You just you set a goal, you see what you want to do, and then you just do it. You just mm-hmm. you don't give yourself a way out. You just you just do it. unless your legs are shredded and they're wobbling coming downhill. And then right. You, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you learn. In your, you know, in your failures too. Obviously, I mean, you can't, you can't finish all the time. But all you can hope for is that you know, you just start out and with the intention of not quitting, and and then just, and just go. You should have started with the spicy tuna sooner. Just you go. you waited too long. With, you know what? It's funny you say that. I know that this is like a long what we probably should be talking about anyway. The, what I couldn't figure out was how to eat and when to eat. Uh, Early on, like the first 25 or 30 miles, my stomach was just tore up. Yeah. I mean, not like go to the bathroom tore up, but I was like cramping and it, I'd leave and it wouldn't feel good. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I just basically for about an hour and a half just didn't eat or drink. I drank. I didn't eat anything. Right. Just to kind of let my stomach kind of calm down and do what it was going to do. But sometimes, or I mean, I think the fact that you do come back through there every hour and you do pass an aid station or where you know you're stuck that and you sit down and you eat something every time and you or you drink something there i now i think you ha- i think it was a, the liquid part wasn't so bad because it was so hot but, right uh, but the eating i think i could have done without but maybe like once an hour yeah and that's the thing i think i think you're right that's the dangerous thing about a a, a 20 minute cycle race where you're coming back every 20 minutes you think you have to eat because we're accustomed to when we roll into an aid station Usually there's a five mile gap or seven mile gap between something. something. So you're used to filling what you need for that gap, right? But when you're only going 1.1 miles, there's a tendency to 
eat every lap when you don't need to eat every lap. It's like you have to treat it like calories per hour. Right. I, you know, and, and it, it's, a, it's, it's honestly, it's a puzzle for everybody. Yeah. I heard other people talking about the same thing, you know. And, uh, yeah. It's like, what do you do to, to, to make that to make that work? And, you know, that's something to experiment with. And I, I would say just try next time around. Maybe it's, you know, I'm going to do 300 calories an hour. And if I spread that out a hundred calories each stop or whatever, you know, kind of kind of dial it in that way. Maybe not the spicy tuna this time around. I don't think it, I don't think it was the spicy tuna. I think it was the, the tuna mix because I eat a lot of tuna, probably too much. I had to, I'm surprised <laughs> I don't have mercury poisoning. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's so easy and it's got so much protein. That's another thing I was you know. But I I, I like trail butter, and uh, I think it was just a mixture of several different things, but. Uh, yeah, trail butter we're gonna and we're going to definitely work on that. I love trail butter. It, 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 I don't like gels. Yeah, that trail butter is exactly what it sounds like. It's like peanut butter, but it's almond butter and some other things. Uh, but I'm definitely going to prepare. Yeah, better this time as far as that goes, and eating better, or hopefully next time. So yeah, yeah, was, that, that, that that's one thing that kind of you know kind of baffled me. Uh, the downhill part of it was was more than I bargained for. I didn't, I don't know why I thought this, but I didn't think the downhills would be as bad as the uphills, but they were. And uh, so luckily, the last one was into the aid station. But uh, I mean, there's several things, uh, you know, as far as it, the mainly the the nutrition, you know, it's a puzzle. It's, yeah. It is. And sometimes you don't know how you're gonna feel that day. You know, mm-hmm. so, so. that's why it's always nice yeah. to have options. You know, like next time maybe bring more options, so you, you just don't know what you need at a certain time. Um, right. You said something earlier before we wrap up this podcast. I, I was like, oh, I gotta ask him. You talk about finding out the why when you when you figure out your why, the how will fall into place. What is your why, John, for running all these races? Well, I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, as a kid. And I haven't told many people this, but I always wanted to join the military. I always wanted to find out. Cause my dad was in the military, my brother, my mm-hmm. grandparent, you know, my grandfather. And anyway, I I didn't go that path, obviously. Uh, but I've just I've always felt like I've never really known what I'm capable of doing. And you know, this is a a good way for me to do that, to test my metal, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I and I and I'm still trying to find out. I, I don't I don't think it's something that for me I don't I, I think it's going to be a a, a life ending kind of you know adventure, so to speak. Because I don't I just don't I don't want to be sitting there one day and have a, a minute to recollect and think, dang. I don't even know what I was capable of doing, you know, because yeah. I didn't try anything. I didn't do this. Yeah. Now, I'm not one that wants to go jump off of, you know, out of an airplane or anything. <laughs> Everybody's different, but I just want to see what these old bones are capable of doing. You know, I want to push myself, you know, as, as hard as I can. I mean, I really do. I'm, it's, and, 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 and for me, running is that vehicle that does, and rowing. I don't yeah. want to leave my friend. I don't want to leave my friend out because <laughs> hey, it can get you downtown in a hurry. I can, I promise you, it's, it is a great tool. But, but that, but that's my why. And every time I finish one, 
maybe this goes back to the addiction thing. Maybe it goes back to just how I'm wired or a lot of us are. It's like, well, I want to do better. Okay, you've done it. Now it's like, okay. It's like when you do something that you didn't think you could do, and mm-hmm. then when you're done, you're like, well, dang, that wasn't very you know, that ain't what I thought it was going to That's not as rewarding as I thought it was going to be. So it must be something harder to do. <laughs> you know, it must be another race or something else. I don't know. Maybe maybe people don't think like that. But that's how I am. So, I mean, I just, I'm just trying to find. And this may be it. This may be, <laughs> this may be the one that puts me right where I need to be. So, Well, I'm anxious we'll to see. see. But, I mean, we won't know unless we do it. Exactly right. We'll and see. I'm actually paying to do it. <laughs> Just remember that. Remember right. that at mile 213. Yeah. You got to say, I paid good money for this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, that. but that is it for me. That, that That's it. I want to find out. But at the same time, I don't want to, I want to make sure, and this is something, the, the, the battle I have sometimes is to make sure that's just not being selfish mm-hmm. and make sure it's pure and from the heart and that's what I want. I mean, Sometimes what we want is not what we need. So, you know, but so far so good. I've gotten good feedback. I don't think I'm a, I don't think it's been a problem. I think it's, I think it's turned out so well for you. I think it's pretty good. We'll see how you do. And you meet so many cool people. That's, that's what, that is so much a part of it. We got into this conversation real quick too, is I want to, if I can't get in next year, or to any race, I want to go work at an aid station. I want to go somewhere where people are doing this because, I mean, they make such a difference. And to watch people do it, you know, be part of that community, to watch people on mile 80 crying their eyeballs out because they don't think they're going to be able to finish. And then when you get to see them cross the finish line, they do. Mm-hmm. Just to be on that end of it. So I can be at that aid station and go, well, it's all downhill from here. It's all <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, how can I help you? Can I take your shoes off for you? Can I, can I fill up your water bottles? You need something to eat. You know, it's just the whole thing is just great. Yeah. I'll oh. tell you what, you, you know, it'll change your life. If you work an aid station, a late aid station in a hundred right, mile race, late, late. change your life. You could do, you should do the, um, I think the, the Balt the, sorry, the Birmingham ultra trail society, uh-huh. they do, the aid station, and I might get the mileage wrong, folks, at the top of the pinnacle at Pinhoti, which I think is like mile 76. Yeah, 76. Yeah, yep. It's, right. Yeah, it, it, but it's like 76 is that is that aid station there. Yes. That's where you can change people's lives. Like that, that's the one to work. They got the best aid station at, at Pinhoti. They do. They do a great job, and I know exactly the one you're talking about, and I can see them right now, and I just... Because it is, it's at that point where you just, you know, you just don't, it just helps so much. And I want to be a part of that because to me, that is just as much as important, you know, taking, to have somebody there that's done it mm-hmm. and finished it and to be able to talk to you and tell you you're doing a good job and you know, help you out and, you know, you're going to be fine. It's just so comforting. Well, you think about it. Yeah. I mean, imagine rolling into an aid station. You're trash. It's your first time doing it. And then you've got someone that's going to help you. They've got the finisher's buckle that they've got. They've got mm-hmm. They're holding their pants up with the finisher's buckle. Yeah. And it's like, they, these, this person can do it. I can do it as well. That'll be fun. You need to do that. Like, after you're done with, with Moab and your Moab training. I can't. I mean, I'm serious. I, I, that's, that's one of the things that I look forward to doing the most. It's besides running, you know, besides actually doing it, it's just 
is going out there and just helping. Yeah, that's the way to do it. But you can tell the, the people that do it genuinely want to help people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's yes. Great. Aid station employees or aid station volunteers are the best among us. Speaking of that, you, sir, thank you for giving me uh, your story. Um, I, I wish well, you nothing but the thank best. You. Thank you so much. Oh, it was so much fun. I'm, I'm glad we did this. John Hall, I really appreciate you coming on the Adventure Jogger. Thank you. Maybe we can talk about running more next time. <laughs> I'll thank hit you up you next time. We'll, we'll talk. I appreciate everything you said about my family. Thank you very much. God <laughs> very, bless you. You're very welcome.